When I was a kid, I think I was nine or ten years old, my brother would have been about four or five. Um, we had bunk beds in our room, and I slept on the top, top bunk, and my brother slept on the bottom bunk. And uh, if you've ever been on bunks with other kids, what, what you probably know is that the way that you interact at night after you're supposed to already have been asleep is that you hook your feet over the edge of the mattress on the one side and then lean over and look down. And so my brother and I, we would play and we would talk and all kinds of things, and I would have my feet hooked on the far side of the mattress, and uh, then bending over would, would be uh, looking and talking with him uh, in the bunk underneath. And I, I can recall one night I was doing that, and all of a sudden I realized my feet were coming undone, and they, they were not staying hooked on the mattress as they were supposed to. And so I tried to grab and pull myself up, and I couldn't. And so very, very slowly, I realized I was falling out of bed. And so I said something to the effect of, of this. I said, uh, good brother, I find myself in a perilous situation, and I think I shall require your assistance to help me from bodily harm. To which my brother said, okay, and he jumps out of bed and he pushed and he wasn't big enough. And so you know what happens when you're falling out of bed in very, very slow motion and your brother is not big enough to help you and you can't help yourself out of the situation? I said, you're going to have to go tell mom and dad. And he went, we're going to get in so much trouble. And I said, I know, but you're going to have to go tell him anyway. And so he went running down the hall into the living room to tell mom and dad, Mom and dad, Travis is falling out of bed. <laughs> Which sounds ridiculous. And I'm sure it was not the first time that we had been out to say something to my parents and they said, go back to bed. And he comes back with tears in his eyes saying, they won't believe me. <laughs> and I fell out of bed. I hit the floor with a thump, and my parents realized what had happened, <laughs> and they came in, and all, all turned out well. But what I recognize is this, is that when you are in a moment of peril, you need help. You need help. You need to find somebody that you can go to, somebody that's going to respond, and somebody that is able to help you, and that's what we're dealing with this morning. So if you would turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, I already read this, so I'm just going to look at verse 14 right now. It says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Now, you might wonder, what is a high priest? What does a high priest do? And if you look back through the Old Testament, there were priests there were, uh, that were designed, their, their role, their function was to be the people who did worship stuff. They did worship stuff. And so if you had tithes or offerings or things that you wanted to br bring and present to God, you would bring those to the priests. And when you wanted to confess your sin and have sacrifices made for you, the, the priests would take those sacrifices and they would make those sacrifices on your behalf to, uh, for, to God to atone for your sin. And then the priests would also proclaim God's blessing, God's favor 
on his people. That was the role of the priests. And we see that the first time was uh, with Melchizedek. There was a, a priest. He was uh, both a king and a priest. His name was Melchizedek. And Abraham uh, went to him after being in a battle and brought some tithes and offerings to offer to the Lord. And he gave them to Melchizedek. And Melchizedek uh, blessed Abraham. And then we see that again with, uh, when God says, okay, all of you are going to be my people. He takes the nation of Israel. He says, you're going to be my people. And as he sets that up, he says, one of the things that's going to happen is there is going to be a group of priests. And Aaron, you're going to be the head, the chief of the priests. You're going to lead the priests. And so he had special roles, special things that he would do. He would go into the Holy of Holies and he would uh, make petition on behalf of the people and he would make the atoning sacrifices on behalf of the people. And that was what the, the priest would do. He would go and say, okay, I'm going to go in, in between the people and God and I will make the sacrifices to atone for their sin and then I will bring the blessings from God back to his people. And so then the question that comes up in my mind is, okay, do we need a, a, a high priest, really? Do we need somebody? Can't I just go and go, hey, God, got this thing. Do I really need somebody who will go between me and God to, to fill that role? And I think that if you are like me, it doesn't take very long to say, yep, I am not qualified I'm not qualified to go and talk to God. The character of God, the greatness of God, the majesty of God is so far beyond me that when I look and consider how great and good and holy is God, it causes me to worship and it also causes me to recognize all of the failures in me, all of the things about me that are wrong. I recognize those things, and I go, yeah, I need somebody. Now, there are times when I think maybe it's not so bad, right? There are times when I haven't done an evaluation of myself recently, and I start going, I don't, I don't think it's so bad. Or maybe I hope that it's just not that obvious, that other people don't notice the failures and the sin within me, that I do a pretty good job of cleaning myself up and putting on a show, and so then people don't notice the sin within me, and so it doesn't really affect anybody else. It's not really a problem. But do you know that God notices? I think that very often our sin is more obvious than we want to acknowledge, right? That other people who have spent time with us start seeing things and recognizing things and going, wait a second, there's something going on here. And God has been around us and around mankind for a very, very long time. It's really, really hard to pull one over on God. To try and hide your sin from Him so that He wouldn't notice it. In fact, right before our passage in Hebrews 4, verse 12, it says, "...for the Word of God is living and active." It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. 
And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And suddenly you realize that it isn't just very difficult to pull the wool over on God's eyes, but very impossible. Because God's word demonstrates his holiness and he sees right through all the facades. Even the things that we try and deceive ourselves into thinking about ourselves, God sees right through that to the intention of the heart. And goes, no, no, that is sin. That's sin. Let's call it what it is. That's sin. And so then what do we do about that? Well, we have to have a high priest, and this is right after our passage in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1, what it says. For every high priest is chosen from among men and is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and the wayward since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. So we have these high priests, or they would have these high priests, that that would uh, function as this go-between to offer the, the offerings and sacrifices to God and bring the blessings of God back to his people, and they could be patient with you. They could be gentle with you because they know how weak and beset with sin you are and they can identify with that because they also struggle with those weaknesses. They also deal with those sins. And because of that, they can be compassionate. You know, one of the things that I I hear about church people is um, how proud and arrogant they can be, how judgmental and condescending they can be. And there's this, this idea that people in church are holy, right? That we have an expectation that you will be good and holy. And I will say we have an aspiration to be good and holy. We desire to be good and holy. But the reality is the church is full of sin and weakness, And so when you come in here and you go, I don't know if I fit in with all of these people. Look how well-dressed they all are. Look at how kind and gentle they all are, how patient and how loving they all are. I don't know that I fit in here because I am just struggling with weakness and I I struggle with anger and all of these things. And then you go, time out. We can identify with you. In this place, we understand struggling with sin. We all struggle with sin. That doesn't mean it's okay. That doesn't mean that we rejoice in it or celebrate it or ignore it. But we all deal with it. And so we deal, hopefully, with one another compassionately and graciously in love because it's something that we all deal with. But then we also recognize the the holiness of God, the justice of God that deals with that sin. And so what the high priest does is he goes to God and says, I am offering these sacrifices because of the sins of the people. I am offering these sacrifices to atone for the sins of the people. 
And what this says is that that high priest would be obligated because of his own weakness, his own sin, he would be obligated first, before he could offer sacrifices on behalf of the people, he would have to offer sacrifices on behalf of himself. So he would offer sacrifices saying, God, this is to atone for my sin. Would you uh, forgive me of my sin as I have made this sacrifice? And then having dealt with his own sin, then he is able to deal with the sins of all the other people and say, okay, and now I am offering sacrifices on behalf of all your people. Would you receive them and be gracious and merciful to them as well? Now, here's what Hebrews 4 tells us, that we have a great high priest, not just a high priest, but a great high priest. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. We're not talking about a a priest that in the temple just enters into the Holy of Holies, but we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens in the very presence of God. Jesus, the Son of God, has been in the very presence of God. Has, in fact, been in the presence of God for all of eternity. He is a great high priest. Let us then hold fast to our confession. Now, I, I would encourage you, I don't have time to get into this because there's just too much other stuff to deal with here, but I would encourage you to do a word study on, on confession, and, and specifically this confession, because this is not where, where the, the type of confession of confessing sins to one another, but this is the type of confession of belief. I am proclaiming that I believe something to be true. And the confession here is that Jesus, the Son of God, is the high priest. He is the anointed one, or the Christ. He has been anointed for the office of high priest. And it is very interesting to see all of the places that it talks about the confession that we hold to about Jesus being an anointed one, or a Christ, both as king and as a priest. And so if you have time, you can just pull up any Bible app and do a word search on confession, and you'll you'll find them, and it will be very rewarding, I promise. But we're going to move on from there. One of the things that is great about him is that he is the Son of God. And another thing that is great about him is verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. That is a great high priest. That's a great high priest. The other high priests were really good high priests because they identified with us. They were tempted as we are. They have weaknesses as we are, as as we do. They struggle with things like we do. When we're tempted to uh, give up, when we're tempted to be angry, to let loose, when we're tempted to uh, be prideful and arrogant, 
When we're tempted toward greed and lust, those high priests were tempted toward all those same things. They dealt with all those same sins. And Jesus, though, is a great high priest in that while he was tempted as we are, he did not sin. He did not sin. Sometimes I think that we go, is he really a great high priest? Like, like, is Jesus really a great priest? He was the son of God, right? He's the son of God. Surely he didn't struggle with things like I struggle with them. Surely he doesn't understand the things that I deal with. He was a sinless person, and I am very sinful. And so we think that he being great and high above us must not be able to understand us. Have you ever seen somebody who is a a great athlete or a great musician or great at something else, and you go, wow, I am just, I I struggle with that. I have tried to excel in that area. I have tried to do that. I've tried to play music like that, and I just, I just can't. And you think, but they are just amazing at it. They can't understand me at all. And do you know, they can understand you. They remember doing that. They remember struggling through that. Do you think they just came out of the womb being, wow, amazing? No. No, the reason that they are great and excel at whatever it is that they are great at is because they have put in the time and effort to work on it. Every time they made mistakes, they had to learn from those mistakes. And they worked on their craft and worked on their craft and worked on their craft until they excelled at it and it turns out wonderful. And then we go, wow, they just don't understand us. But they do. They just put in a lot of time. But here we have somebody who at every point along the way, at every point when he was tested, at every point when he may have been tempted, Jesus did not fail. That doesn't mean that he wasn't tested. That doesn't mean that he didn't have uh, the flesh, the weaknesses of the flesh, but he never failed at any point. And so when I think about somebody that I want to go to, When I'm in a time of need, when I'm struggling with something, the type of person that I want to go to is the type of person who both has struggled with what I'm struggling with and also knows how to overcome it, right? Isn't that what you're looking for too? Every time that I'm dealing with something, something breaks in my house and I have to fix it, I go, okay, who do I know that has dealt with this kind of a problem before and has fixed it? right? Sometimes I don't know of anybody who has also fixed it. I just know somebody who's dealt with this problem before, and I don't call them up and ask them for help. I call them up and I ask them, who helped you? Who helped you? And what I have found growing up in the church and spending time around people a lot is I I will see and I will say, hang on, I know some of your story and I know that you have struggled with some of these things like I did. I know that you struggled with, with relationships with family members and things. How did you get through that? Oh, a lot of prayer. A lot of prayer. I went to Jesus. I, I didn't overcome it. I went to Jesus. 
And I have heard that story over and over and over and over and over again. Oh, I wouldn't have made it through except I went to Jesus. There are probably many of you in this room who have that same story. I would not have made it through. I would not have made it through if I had not gone to Jesus. He is a great and compassionate high priest without a single flaw. Without a single flaw. And he understands your struggles. He understands your trials and temptations. And he wants you to come. He wants you to come. Back in chapter 2 of Hebrews, it says this. Hebrews 2, 14. Since, therefore, the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise put partook of the same things. That through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not the angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. He was made like us in every way. God himself, the second person of the Trinity, God himself became a man. And while being both God and man, he was able to experience the trials and tribulations that we experience and do it without sin so that he can understand us and relate to us, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. And so that he might enter into the holiest of holies and make propitiation for our sins an atoning sacrifice, the sacrifice of his own perfect life. God loves you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for your sins so that you might have eternal life with him. What a powerful and awesome God we serve. How was Jesus tempted? How did Jesus struggle? There were those uh, well-known temptations in the desert where the devil tested him. We know about those, but in addition to those, we see him struggle with family members not understanding him. We see him struggle with the loss of friends through to death. We see him struggle with trying to find time alone away from other people, with struggling with people's demands and expectations for him, with their not understanding him and his motivations, with his greatest, closest friends abandoning him in his hours of need. We see him in the flesh 
dealing with the things that we deal with. And so, therefore, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You see, when we find ourselves in a perilous situation, when we find ourselves in a place of need, we need to reach out and find someone who can help. And depending on the expertise and the ability and the resources of the person that we reach out to, we have greater or lesser confidence. And I have seen people who have been struggling through health things and they are about to give up hope because they have talked to all of the people who know all of the things that can be known so far and no one can offer them hope. No one can offer them help. No one can tell them, this is the solution to your problems. What you need to do is you just need to eat more kale. Were that it was that easy. But you talk to all of the people and you're looking for somebody, and when you're talking with somebody and you're listening to them and they're saying, oh, well, what you need to try is, and then what you should do is, and after you've exhausted all of the experts and all of the resources and you start going to somebody and you recognize this person doesn't know what they're talking about, this person doesn't have the ability to help me, this person doesn't have the resources that I need, you have no confidence in what they are saying. But we have a great high priest, one who not only understands our weaknesses, but one who has all of the resources and so when we struggle with sin, and when we struggle with temptation, and when we struggle with discouragement, he says, I have all of the resources you need. I have everything that you need. You can put your hope in me, and I will provide for you, and I will care for you, and when the time is right, I have pr prepared a place for you, and I will bring you home to the presence of my Father from now until all of eternity. And so, when you find yourself in a place of need, in a time and an hour of need, you can have great confidence in going to the Lord because we have a great high priest. We have uh, finished a week of prayer where our church was trying to fill every half hour from the um, moment that the new year began until midnight last night or this morning, depending on how you're counting things. We are, have prayed and prayed and prayed. And we are praying because we recognize that the greatest thing that we can do and the thing that we will spend all of eternity doing is being in the presence of God in relationship with Him. And the other reason that we are praying is because we recognize that we are full of weakness and full of need. And the only one who can really help in our hour of need is God. And so we go to him in prayer. And just because we have filled up all of those hours and have spent this week praying, I don't want you to stop praying. I am hopeful that as we have made this push for prayer, that, that you have been encouraged in prayer and will continue to be encouraged in prayer so that when you find yourself in need, your first thought is not, how can I handle this? Or who can help me? But I need to pray. 
And when we have great confidence in Jesus, that will be our response, that we might find mercy and grace in, an hour, in our hour of need. Because if you're looking for somebody to help you when you're struggling with physical affliction, if you're looking for somebody to help you when you're struggling with family relationships, if you're looking for somebody to help you when you are tempted to sin, if you're looking for somebody to help you when you lose a friend to death, when you're looking for somebody to help you when you feel like you are all alone and have been abandoned by your closest friends, when you're looking for somebody to help you, whatever your affliction may be, Jesus is the one that you want to go to. And in fact, Jesus, when he was with his disciples, said, this is how I want you to pray. Matthew chapter 6. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we do pray that your name would be hallowed. That you would be recognized as holy and set apart greater than anything in all of creation. Lord, we pray that your will would be done here on earth in the same way that it is done in heaven. That those things which honor and acknowledge you would continue day after day. And we pray this in our own lives and in the life of this church as well as in this community and around the world. May your will be done. Lord, we pray too that when we are in need, you would provide for those needs. When we are hungry, that you would fill our stomachs. When we are thirsty, that you would quench our thirst. When we are cold, that you would provide us with shelter and warmth. When we are alone, that you would bring uh, people alongside us to be in fellowship with us. Lord, we pray that you would forgive us of our sins. We recognize that we do not meet your holy standards. We do not measure up to your glory. And so we ask, Lord, would you forgive us? Would you give us the righteousness of Jesus and to help us to walk in your truth? Lord, would you help us to forgive those who have wronged us? that we would not be bitter against them, that we would not hold grudges, but that we would release them from their sins and the consequences thereof as you have forgiven us. Father, we pray that you would not lead us into temptation, that we would not be tempted to sin, but that our eyes would be fixed on you, we pray that you would deliver us from all kinds of evil and peril for the sake of our good and for the sake of your glory. 
And Lord, we ask now that as we praise you, that your Holy Spirit would be at work in this place and in our lives. That we would be quick to recognize and uh, confess the sin that we have within and then to rejoice in your mercy and grace in our hour of need. And we ask for all of these things in the name of our great high priest, Jesus. Amen.